Hammerdown Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, and Jerry Keezer. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammerdown Racing Report. Live from the Ron Miller Race Cars Hammerdown Racing Report studio, it's the Hammerdown Racing Report presented by Oakshade Raceway. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's Jerry Geezer? He's still on uh, his hiatus, oh, his leave. So hopefully he'll be back in a couple weeks. Really? I haven't talked to him in a while, but that's the plan. Uh-huh. We'll see. He, he knows how to log in if, if he gets. Yeah, he's, he's got the login stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show number 223. Wow. For Thursday, March 24th, coming at you live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Tonight on the show, we're going into the future. We're going to be talking to somebody who's on Friday already. You know, it's Thursday I, here. I wonder if he could give us some lottery winning numbers. That's a good, we'll have to ask him that. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, AJ Nylander, one of the uh, founding fathers of late model racing in Australia, plus uh, what, 60 years of uh, racing experience? Yeah. I, I, it, he may have me by one year, Scott. Really? Maybe. Yeah, well, we'll be talking to him here uh, shortly, all the way live from Australia, as a matter of fact. Um, and uh, we'll also have all our regular features, our racing roundup, and uh, give away some Big D's pizza coming up in a little bit. Chris Mize needs a link. No, you're, apparently he didn't read my message. I'm going to have him on in two weeks. Oh. Chris Mize, you're two weeks. Two weeks from tonight. Unless you want April, to be on tonight. April 7th. That's uh, when we're going to talk Sandusky Speedway. i uh, got to thank Oakshade Raceway, where the fastest meet to race racing every Saturday night, starting with the Bill Rector Memorial on April 30th. 2022 race schedule is out now. You can check it out at oakshaderaceway.com. And also, don't forget to check out Dominator Race Products at dominatorraceproducts.com. They've got hood scoops, nose and tail, and other body panels, uh, wheel covers, all kinds of parts for dirt late models. Rocker, rocker panels, rock guards. There's roof, a lot of stuff. Roofs. There's more than I could put in, in the little uh, mention here, but yeah. Yeah, we could go on. We could. Uh, DominatorRaceProducts.com or uh, give them a call, 419-923-6970. And uh, available at uh, reputable dealers. That was the word I was looking for last week, reputable dealers across the USA. Like Ron Miller Is, is that us? That's probably you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. There we go. Also, thanks to Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, Freeze Frame Photos, and uh, Headhunters, Barber Studio and Salon in Perrysburg for uh, sponsoring the show. Bring <laughs> Chris Mises. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, let's bring in our guest now, who's uh, patiently waiting and got up early because, uh, again, it is uh, in the future. Right. In Australia right now, Friday it's, morning. It's tomorrow. It is tomorrow already. Uh, uh, unless you're one of our Australian listeners, in which case it, it it's today. Be, yeah. <laughs> it could be 9 o'clock in the morning. How's it going, A.J. Islander? Uh, good morning or good evening to Scott and Ron. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure yeah. to have you, A.J. Uh, Ron wants to know if you can give us some uh, lottery numbers so that we could... Uh, not offhand. I'm a, <laughs> not much of a winner over here. We <laughs> never seem to pick anything up. Gotcha. Now, uh, from what I've read and everything, uh, and from what I've been told, you are one of the the uh, grandfathers of late model racing in Australia. And I I don't know if Ron or Roddy Schroyer had anything to do with that, but why, why, kind of uh, give us 
uh, a little bit of history of how uh, you got the, the American dirt late models uh, down there in, uh, in Australia. Well, originally we bought uh, Donnie Moran out in the uh, 70s and Ray Godsey. Um, I visited America and saw the product was, was so damn good, I thought we should introduce it to this country. And along with Chris Carty, Benny Ludlow, Simon McNabb, Rob Winnington, and a bunch of other good people, we decided to set up late models in WA. Um, it was pretty rocky to start with. I built four cars to kick off with. We weren't particularly good. We ran the cars around in the country to get the product better. And eventually we decided to run a Claremont uh, Speedway, uh, thanks to Con Migro. But it was pretty average to start with. And year by year by year, we got the product to where it is today. And a lot of that's to do with uh, Ron and the Shroyers coming over because we had no way to measure our, our product until we had them as a benchmark. And it turns out the cars we were building were pretty competitive with Brad Blake and, and the Ludlows and the like, and it was a great, great step forward. I've got to tell you, Scott, there were some cars, I, I guess to our Australian friends' credit, they read the U.S. rule book and thought they had a handle on, on what our cars should be. And there were some cars that were definitely different. Uh, Was this like the UMP rule book then? Yes. Okay. Yep. And, uh, but at, at that point they were running super sedans and the super sedans are kind of like a late model, except they're, they sit on the right side of the car instead of the left. Um, but they run uh, ginormous amounts of stagger, pretty much like what the sprint cars run here. And uh, they couldn't possibly imagine uh, running three or three and a half inches of stagger across the back of the car. So they were trying to run our style late models with seven, eight, nine inches of stagger. Um, and there were, again, I said there were some diverse cars. There was a car that had airbag suspension, air ride. Is that um, legal? I guess it would be. I, there, there's nothing in, I, I don't think, the, AJ, I don't think there's anything in the current rule book that says you can't. No, at the time, Ivor Ladwick uh, ran airbags, and uh, I remember trying to get past him at Claremont, and you had to deal with him very quickly, otherwise uh, he'd bounce all over the place. And I went around the outside of Ivor at Claremont and clobbered the uh, gate into the main straight and consequently rolled over that was a big deal <laughs> hey if you're going to do it at least be a spe be spectacular <laughs> one so, of my, my major sponsors years ago titan ford said if you can't win be spectacular that was a hell of a ride <laughs> <laughs> so when did uh when was i guess like the, the first actual late model race in australia with american style late models well it would be in the 70s. Ron would have a better handle on the date, but uh, it might have been the 80s, I'm not sure, but yes. Simon McNabb organised that to his credit. And um, it was very significant in our development because we had some top-class competitors and uh, it lifted our game and gave us some direction. We were, uh, Scott, our tour was there uh their summer, our winter of 99, 2000. And uh, there had been 
uh, as, as AJ said, there, there were Americans that had gone over prior to that, but it was more, they were there to put on a show rather than to educate. And when we went over there, uh, our mission was to get them on the same page as we were, and we had no idea what we were getting into. But there were some really uh, top-shelf American racers that went over and raced both on, on the East Coast and West Coast of Australia. Uh, AJ being on the West Coast, um, just just quick geography lesson. Uh, Australia is about as broad as the United States, but it's really populated within about 50 miles of the ocean. Uh, and it's, it's really like a great big island, even though it's a continent. Um, but to go it is from, a big island <laughs> from, from the go to go from the east coast to the west coast uh, would, be a like, would be like going from new york to la are there any gas stations in the middle of australia not many <laughs> plan ahead Jeez. and they're damn expensive <laughs> three dollars a liter for diesel out there that's a quart oh so that's yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. figure that out that's um about twelve dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a lot. <laughs> so, are, are late models now today? Or is it like a, a weekly kind of thing at, at at a local track, or is there like a group of late models that kind of tours around to different tracks each week? We primarily run at the Motorplex, probably on a fortnightly basis. But we have other tracks uh, in the country. In fact, we've got twenty-four race tracks in the state. So we run in Albany, Bunbury, Collie, Kalgoorlie, which is three or four hour drive east of here. Um, there's a lot of tracks we can run at, but due to the uh, logistics and the distance, we don't always run there. I would like to see more country tracks. Uh, that's where we started. We hone the product at those tracks and I'm keen to, to uh, Reward those people that supported us in the in the first place, but we seem to have dropped off a little bit there. Explain a little bit about the uh, Motorplex, the the track in uh, in Perth. Yeah, well, um, it's a it's a great facility. I would suggest um, it's one of the best in the world. I I rated it probably with Eldora or Knoxville. Probably not quite as good as Knoxville, but fabulous government funded circuit uh it's black clay which is very difficult to get hold of at times but a great facility and we've got wonderful race cars we field probably 22 cars nowadays and they are world class absolutely we've worked david's been struggling one of my boys been struggling to get a win we've nearly opened the door there but we can't quite get it but uh, my oldest son looked at the lap times and between the top 10 cars there's probably about a second a lap difference from uh, the quickest to the slowest so it's extremely competitive over here it's it's a tough deal watching watching the videos of, of this year's events alan um it could be any racetrack in here in the states uh you guys have really put on, on, on just some great shows, and, and they're very competitive, and the cars are virtually identical to anything you'd see here in the States. And and I don't think there's a car in Australia that was built there, was there? I believe they're all brought in from the States. No, Doug, 
Cardis still build their own car, which is a beautiful, beautiful product. And they uh, are very competitive. Jay's very competitive when he's in the right frame of mind, as good as any of the American cars. I stopped building cars five years ago because uh, there's a mindset you have to have an American car to be competitive. I don't quite agree with that, but to build a car takes you three months and um, really wasn't viable. So we've got two XR1 rockets, two Masters built, and um, that's the way we go. Now, were the cars you built, uh, were they competitive? Absolutely, absolutely. And I've still got my last car I built, which I guess based on a Rayburn to a large degree, swing arm, uh, still very competitive. It's probably my midfield car. And I think with the right setup and the right driver, you can you can certainly win races at the top level with that car. AJ, uh, Chris Mize uh, works uh, one of the local racetracks. He's... Uh, what race director? I don't know. I think, his, I th- but I think uh, that's his one, title. one of our regular listeners too. He wants to know how the pandemic affected racing uh, in Australia. Well, it actually kicked us along. Unbelievable crowds during the pandemic. Um, we could not bring imports. Jeff Roth wanted to come back, and they they were fabulous. Just great PR people, and Joe Godsey, of course. And they couldn't come back. The Eastern States drivers could not come over because you had to isolate for 14 days. So in that respect, uh, we couldn't have any imports, which hurt our Wild West series. Uh, Hopefully that's on again this year. I think Jeff might be coming back and quite a few other top-line American drivers. So we'll be kicking kicking that off in January. But uh, funny thing, the crowds during the pandemic were sensational. I kind of noticed uh, after what last year, uh, 2020 crowds were either not allowed or right. real small. But then last year, it seemed like the people that didn't get to get out to the tracks were there and, and the crowds are pretty, pretty decent. Scott, I don't know if you caught that. He said that they couldn't travel from one side of the country yeah. to the other uh, without quarantining for two full weeks. At, at an enormous expense, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. We, uh, uh, if you have to quarantine, unfortunately, you had to do it in a hotel or a, or a motel at your expense. And I'd hate to say what that cost. So that really deterred a lot of people, particularly from the East Coast. Russell sure. McCaskey and Russell Bailey and Des Disney looked like coming over, but it wasn't viable. Not only the 3000 well, more than that, but the uh, distance, the tyranny of distance and the cost, but the quarantine put an end to all that. Yeah. Now, you've had quite a, a racing career, what, 60 years? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of racing. That's more than I've been alive, but that's awesome. <laughs> well, um, thanks, Mike. <laughs> you're the, the first winner of the uh, Western Australia, Australia late model title. Uh, with the Western Australia Saloon Car Champion champion in uh, 75, 76, and the Grand National Champion in 85 and 86. So you, you've done some things over the years. Yeah, I, I never considered myself a racer. We had drivers in the car and my cars over the years, and I wasn't that comfortable with them, so I'd jump in and go pretty good. We ran, well, won seven races in a row at the 
Claremont and the prior driver couldn't hit his ass with the car. So I must have been half decent. But uh, <laughs> um, we started in hot rods many years ago when I was 15. I had to get the car flat towed to a track uh, Wattle Grove and Forestfield. So I just love, love the, the sport and the people in there have been absolutely fantastic. It's been a great journey. Scott, imagine racing sitting on the right side of the car and going the same way around the track as we Counterclockwise. Oh, uh, yeah. So you get, the, you get a good, good, good view of the wall, right? You're in a bit of trouble. <laughs> in fact, we, we, we lost uh, Granville Anderson, who was one of our premier super sedan drivers uh, years ago at Archerfield. For that very reason, the roll cage hit the fence and took him out. But uh, it was a sensational. The cars would roll over to the, to the right and you're sitting right next to the wall. I much <laughs> prefer the left-hand drive cars. Uh, we had a couple of racers uh, back when Millstream was running that, that uh, came over from Australia and uh, had some issues sitting on the left side of the car. You used up a lot of the right <laughs> side. Yeah, did that take a, an adjustment for, for you to, to go uh, move over to the left really. side? Not really. It, uh, when, if you think about it, it's a problem. But when you're in the race car, I don't believe it's a problem whatsoever. You don't seem to uh, take that on board. It's uh, one of those things. If you start think, overthinking the thing, uh, it, it could be a problem. But when you drive the cars, none whatsoever. I know you drive by the seat of your, by the feel. You you drive with your butt is basically how it is. Does it feel any different uh, from your butt from sitting on the right side to the left side? Uh a little bit. The super sedans run on very big tyres, which we used to in the late models, and they bounce around a fair bit. But um, one of the problems a lot of new drivers have with a late model is the amount of rear steer the cars get and the fact that you sit well back in the car and you think you're a lot more sideways than you actually are and and a lot of the guys just get in the corner think they're too sideways and get out of it but in fact the cars stick very well and if the harder you drive them the better they feel (laughs) now uh, were there any drivers that uh, you looked up to earlier in your career uh in this country yeah in any either country any country? Um, of course, it, there's there's so many I can't remember. But uh, um, anyone in particular Bo- that stands out? Brad Volsbergen was one. Brad Blake, who drove for us, won I think oh, six Aussie titles plus numerous WA titles. Kids of a freak. Currently, we have Kai Blight, who's coming to America and doing the World of Outlaws with Paul Stubber. Yeah, that's um, breaking news, Scott. Oh, he's, he's a freak. He's one of those guys I think could do very well in America, and that's a tough gig over there. There's young Joe Chalmers, I believe, a champion go-kart driver, a youngster, great kid, and he's coming on very strong. Brent Vosbergen's been totally dominant um, this season. No one seems to get near him, but uh, we're working with it. Um and, amaz- and, and amazingly, AJ, most of those racers have uh, raced with us at Oakshade Raceway. Yeah, well, I, I think you had Kevin Bell over in the early days as well. Oh, we did. He struggled 
pretty badly but i believe but kevin's racing super sedans now hell of a nice guy yeah now you've raced uh, in the u.s i haven't personally um we had a tie-up with the with the morans because we bought donnie over many years ago and ronnie moran looked after us heather and myself when we we're over there went to his track never actually raced over there i probably should have i suppose Nearly moved to America because Ronnie Moran offered me a job uh, building cars with Donnie back in the old days and um, nearly packed up and, and went there. Didn't quite get there because the babies were on their way and I didn't want to miss out on the family involvement over here. Have you been following uh, Donnie's son, Devin Moran? He's been uh, having quite a bit of success. Oh, uh, Devin's been over, of course, okay. uh, with Steve Francis and a bunch of others. Devin's a great kid, absolutely fabulous, and uh, wish him all the best. He's very successful at the moment, always knew he would be. He's from the right stock, so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Of the Yanks that came over back, oh, let's say, in the 70s and early 80s, um, who, who did you look up to then? Um, well, we had a lot of drivers come over yeah, I, I know that. Ed, Ed Wilbur and, and Charlie Swartz, and they were heydays. They were in very early days. And uh, um, Hewitt. The Mills and, and the Shroyers were absolutely great ambassadors for the sport. They were, they were fantastic. Um, C. Francis taught us a lot. That's what where we got where we're going today. I've got a... Uh, say that without the Americans' input coming over here, I don't think we'd be at this, the level we are today, which is world-class. Now, do you see uh, late models in, in Australia, do you see that as a, a growing class going into the future, or at least being stable? Very strong in WA. New South Wales is strong. The South Australian are in trouble. I really don't know what's going on there, we've reached out to try to get a, uh, a, a better situation as far as uh, Blue Ribbon events, not dates clashing. Victoria's not particularly strong. Queensland is not strong. There's two very strong states, New South Wales and WA. WA is going from strength to strength. And I think a, a lot to do with that is the fact that we do run a CD525 crate motor which runs on just unleaded petrol and it's been very affordable for a lot of people. And currently I think we've got 10 CT525s over here, which we run in a, the open class, but for a separate point score, that's been highly successful. Veronica McCann, Veronica McCann has really come on this year. Uh, isn't she running one of the 525 engines? She certainly is. She's, she's very, very strong. Um, and she she bought a car of Pearson's, a, a rocket, recently. Took her a little bit of time to get her head around the car, but she's um, she's doing a great job. She's extremely competitive, and she's running on the top three or five cars every week and doing a great job. And we talked a little bit about the the pandemic and how that affected things a little bit ago. Um, I know a big concern here in the States going into our race season is just trying to get underway here, uh, but tires 
are, are a big uh, a big concern, I guess, for for many many racers. Uh, how is the tire situation down down in Australia? Oh, it's been dire. Uh, we we bought thirty tires up prior to the start of the season. Uh, I got wind that there was going to be a problem, and um, that's pretty much got us through. But there's been bits and pieces coming over. It's been a it's been a problem, but I think the boys have handled it pretty well, and there's the supplies picking up now. I don't think that's an issue. But a lot of the components, engine parts and chassis parts, have been a real headache because they're not producing them in numbers in America, and the wait time on, say, a set of pistons from JE now is blown out from about four to five weeks to twelve to fourteen weeks. It it's a massive problem, and the cost. Costs gone through the roof, probably 30% higher than what they were. And you've got to remember our dollar is pretty weak. It's not worth a lot. And when you multiply that with the import duty and sales tax, a dollar over there is probably going to cost us three here. Speaking of, uh, of costs, uh, what's your feelings uh, on uh, tracks and, and how much they pay uh, for, for you guys, Ryan? Because the cost of racing is definitely skyrocketed over the past few years. Are, are the purses uh, keeping up? Absolutely terrible. I've gone nowhere in 30 years. In fact, I have a logbook I kept in the 70s, and you'd be embarrassed today what we're getting. I had a chat with Gavin Migro about this, and my big concern going forward, the cost of running a late model is probably at the top level $2,500 a night over here. And uh, we probably run for $1,000 to win. And I said to Gavin, I believe in five years it's going to affect numbers very badly and we should be looking at bringing external sponsors along with his, his uh, prize money pool into the sport. Otherwise, I think there's going to be diminishing returns. I, I see a fairly bleak future in years to come because of the sheer cost of running these cars today. In the old days, you could cobble something together with a 355 and win a race. Today, we're running billet, all aluminium engines. The rebuilds are probably $16,000 a season, plus your cut tyre cost. It's serious, serious money today. And I, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think you can keep this up for long term. I may be wrong, but I've been pretty right about most things we've done. I think you'll find within five or ten years you'll be down to maybe 10, 12 cars unless this prize money is addressed. Or the, or the expense of racing. One or the other. It's a pretty hard one. I would like to see a control tyre, a non, non-groove tyre bought in. We do have a minimum of a 1,300 tyre now in Hoosier, but I'd like to see no grooving of tyres, control shocks. I'm not sure you can control the engines. And the, the open engines, by and large, have been very, very reliable. David's engine has done a 1,000 laps since it was rebuilt by Jeff Kendrick, um, and it's just due for a rebuild now. But that's pretty impressive. That's nearly 500 miles on a light model engine. So right. that's not a concern. Um, I, I believe maybe an LS engine at 427 with GM bits in it 
uh, might be the answer as far as having enough power. I think the CT525 is just a little bit short power-wise on our big tracks. And unless you're Warren Oldfield or a magician, you're not going to win with a CT525. You'll run places, right. but you're not going to win a race. Is, now, you mentioned sponsorships uh, to help with the with the purses. Is there anything else you feel that uh, the tracks could do to try and, uh, you know, bring those purses up? Oh, it certainly can. Uh, I can't understand why they can't do that. They have enormous crowds, and I believe if they ran their business more efficiently with less overheads from a business perspective, I've been in business for a long time, uh, there's no reason they cannot pay more prize money. And I think they really have to look at that situation because the the two shows that hold the light mo- are the the show together at the motorplex, the two divisions are light models and sprint cars. Now that we know it was told to me by by the promoter. Now I think it's time for the look after light models a little better. The sprint cars are getting pretty decent money. Uh, but late models, in fact, our nomination we pay pays for our prize prize money pool for for the night, and I think that's pretty miserable. Now, are there more uh, sprint cars there or or late models? What, what do you well, got more of? There's more late models. Okay. There's more late models in the A grade. They mix sprint cars up. They'll run three twenties, three sixties in with the sprint cars to get the numbers. But most nights we feel more late models than A-grade sprint cars. And the quality of late models is very impressive by world standards. You could run one of our late models of Osborne car, our car, Stubbers car in America, and uh, it's top notch. It's absolutely top of the water. AJ, what about, uh, we we were talking about engines and and longevity. how has uh, your government mandating unleaded fuel straight across the board affected uh, the engine life? Uh, been a problem. Got to be honest, some of the fuel blends that have come over here have been toxic, caused a lot of problems, and a lot of the oven engines will not run properly without decompressing them on unleaded fuel. Um, the unleaded fuel we're getting here is questionable in my opinion. And I might say it's up to $2,500 a drum. So we run methanol. Uh, we have no issues with methanol. The only problem you've got is if you do a hundred lapper, you can't carry enough fuel. Now, most guys, a lot of guys in open engines have swapped back to methanol and cannot run the new blend of unleaded fuel. I think they're getting it sorted, but it's been uh, it's been a headache, Ron. That, that's pretty frightening, especially given our government's uh, propensity for trying to uh, curtail motorsports in general. Uh, they they could backdoor us by bringing in. Don't uh, give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. Yeah, uh, they've got them. What kind of uh, what kind of octane uh, do you guys run for the uh, the unleaded um, octane? Um, I think it's about one hundred and ten, but 
it, it just, I don't think they've got it quite right. Basefuel are working very hard on it and um, the other major manufacturer fuel companies are working very hard, but I, I do believe some of the early blends, I think they just added ethanol and a few other components to it. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't too successful unless you run a, a lower compression ratio. Probably you could run that fuel on 12 to 1 compression ratio. Any more than that, I think you're in, in uh, dangerous territory. Sure. Now, your uh, your sons, uh, they're involved in, in racing now? Oh, absolutely. We have Craig, who's uh, the uh, team manager. I've stepped back. Um, I'm too old and too old-fashioned, I reckon. But anyway, <laughs> that's their point of view. I've reluctantly stepped back a little bit. Craig does a wonderful job. We, we have Matty, who runs one of the rockets. He's been super fast, a uh, bit of a scud missile at times, but he will get there. David's been very, very consistent, runs in the top five pretty much every night. Haven't knocked over a win yet, but very, very close. We run two, two cars, uh, plus I look after a number of other cars for uh, other people, so I'm kept pretty busy all the time. But uh, they run a beautiful operation. If you look at Nylander Motorsport, we do have some 60-year uh, T-shirts and hoodies uh, available. So if you want to get onto that site, we can... <laughs> oh, here we go. There they are. <laughs> so uh, David mentioned that. I've got to mention that. But uh, David's a whiz with with the promotional side. He does enormous amount of, uh, of work there. We get a bit of criticism from uh, some of the other drivers. They think we're Hollywood racers. But... <laughs> Social media is the way of the future. And I told the boys to start with, you've got to go there because normal newspapers and TV, we get no coverage. So there's a great opportunity to get on social media and push it like hell. For your sponsors. We are very well sponsored. Uh, David, uh, Alls Transport and Holdfast and um, a lot of other companies on David's race car. So that does help us. And they're very, very happy with the coverage they're getting through social media. So what now you said you stepped back uh, a little here. What is your role within, within the family racing? Well, Heather and I bought David's car. That's, that's a start. And we do, I do help, but it all turns to shit. They come and see me, but that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably always been that way, I suppose, <laughs> with the older guys. <laughs> when all else fails, just go and get Dad. He'll sort it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I've got to admit, the cars are very technical. I haven't kept up with uh, shock technology. Brett Vosbergen does all our Genesis shocks and does a wonderful, wonderful job. It's, I suppose, if I got my head around it, I'd be there, but not interested in that side of things. Uh, it's tough work keeping a Rocket XR1 consistent on our motor, motor speedway down here is a big ask because the, it varies so much from the start of the night to the end of the night. You've got to be on your toes to keep, keep that car right. And the boys are doing a very, very good job in that respect. 
Are they uh, in any uh, points championships competing in that? Uh, I know your se- you said earlier your season's kind of winding down there, only a few more weeks left. Well, David wouldn't have his – I mean, Matty wouldn't have his COVID needle, so he's uh, retired for the rest of his life until he gets a needle. I, I won't go there. I've said my piece on that one. That's one of the twins. Uh-huh. And David only runs occasionally. He has a very responsible – job he's in charge of probably 30 people motivating them in a, with a building company has a young family so he runs when he can and i think he does a good job uh, for the number of times he runs and i would like to see him run all the time quite frankly and i think matthew if he gets his head right and has his jabs will be running every race next next year because he has the finances to do it we have the equipment to do it and the backing. That's my hope for next year. We have young Isabella Mylander, Maddie's girl, coming through in a junior car, a little Corolla. Uh, she's starting next week, actually. All and right. uh, so that's third generation. So uh, we'll be around for a while, I think. How long till she gets in a late model? Well, she's uh, suggested she's going to run one of my older masters built. She's already told me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> she wants to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> winter well, winter that, series, here we come. <laughs> I think she could be stepping into one. And uh, to be honest, she's 16 nearly. Um, I see no reason why kids cannot jump into a late model, particularly some of the older cars, which are a little softer to drive. I can't see any reason why kids can't jump straight into a late model and be very successful. That's my point of view. Do you Rust, think do you Rusty think... Schlenk's son is Carter? Carter is... Yeah, he's a sportsman, basically a late model. But... Right, and he's what, 11, 12? Unbelievable. <laughs> do, you th- do, you, do you find that uh, maybe bad habits are learned if you you know, start off in maybe front-wheel drives or some other vehicles before you get up to the late models that you kind of have to unlearn by the time you get into a late model? Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of uh, junior drivers going into late models that there used to be, but um, we're we're running a rear-wheel drive Toyota Corolla, Um, so we put her in that because I think it's, probably a better foundation than running a front-wheel drive car. I would agree. They're very different. And um, I think the sheer costs of late models today are deterring a lot of the juniors from stepping into that division. And this is one of my concerns going forward. The sheer cost of running a late model in this country is pretty prohibitive. Yeah, not just there. Here too. Ryan can attest, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scott, the cost of get of of just getting to the track this this year is is going to scare racers away. Well, at least and you I, don't have I, to drive across Australia. And I yeah, well, yeah but I, I don't know what we're going to do about that. Stay close to home. Ron, I'm worried. We're going to Albany at Easter with two cars, and that's uh, 400 kilometers. But to take our truck down there at uh, two dollars fifty a liter for diesel. It's pretty significant. So I would like to go to the East Coast for the national title at Warrnambool next year. But I've got to say the sheer cost of fuel alone just might stop us. It's it's a problem going forward. 
Well, hopefully things turn around on that front with the fuel. I don't think they will. I've got to say, I think you're going to see $2 a litre in this country for quite a number of years for for a lot of reasons. The problem in Russia um, and generally speaking, groceries and (coughs) major goods in this, this state due to floods on the East Coast and a lot of other factors have uh, skyrocketed by probably 30 to 40 percent oh yeah racing components have gone up through the roof availability of a lot of bits and pieces is a problem yeah we deal with we deal with that every day what was that i say we deal with those prices and availability issues every day Yeah. yeah australia is certainly not unique in that case we just need to yeah, all get so along. I don't know what the hell we're going to do, but it's uh, it's something that's got to be factored in. Um, and I, the only thing I can see is two things. There's got to be more prize money and there's got to be able, you've got to be able to run the, the cars a little cheaper uh, somehow. I mean, that's, that's just not rocket science. Electric haulers? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, when's the last time uh, you've been in, in a race car? Uh, probably a couple of years ago. I'm just a social racer now. I still am fit enough. I'm 75 and everything's still there. But the will to win ain't there anymore. And I just go out and have a skid around in the winter, have a great time. But unfortunately, it is too hard to compete with these young bucks. And <laughs> I don't want to. Quite honestly, it's too hard on the body, too hard on the mind, and uh, I don't want to be there. But I've had a great career. I've been pretty successful, so I'm pretty content. So I do love to jump in a late model and just feel the engine, feel the car. There's nothing better, in my opinion. Go for a ride. So uh, it's about all to do. <laughs> so no chance that you'll be jumping in a late model on a random night to, to compete with? with anybody not a chance in the world i've got to be honest a new rate model is a bloody hard work uh, a rocket you've got to drive it like you stole it they're very edgy cars and uh too much effort for me well ron will be happy to hear that because i think he said you got about a year on him in racing and he i think he wants to eclipse that uh ron's remarkable i don't know how he does <laughs> it uh just too dumb to quit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been a great ride. I've had so many good people we've been tied up with. And the group of late model drivers and club members are fantastic. They're just a yep. great bunch of people and very proud to, to be where we are today from where we started was pretty humble. And uh, it's, it's a strong, strong division in WA. Any chance uh, you'll be coming to the States this summer, yeah. our summer? Love to. We, well, maybe not this year, but certainly the year after, all, all things being equal. You know, We'd there's a bedroom always available. Well, you've got so many bloody dogs and things now. Though, <laughs> and sure Two dogs. But anyway, Oakshade, I love. Uh, I think they need to revamp some of this, the, the stands and the stalls a bit, but... Uh, we have a great time, and Ron is just such a great host. And uh, we've met so many other good people, the Morans over there, and uh, a bunch of 
Jeff Roth and company. He's just a lovely gentleman. He's from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And Joe Godsey and Ray Godsey. And uh, it goes on and on and on. When I go to America, it's just like here. I feel very comfortable in the Midwest, not in the big cities. But I love jumping out of that aeroplane in Michigan. I feel right at home. And Ron picks us up. It's just a wonderful experience. He's like the official... uh Australian racer ambassador for the United States. Yeah, we just love it there. I just can't <laughs> wait to get back. And you learn such a lot over there. I mean, when I don't know what it is, but when you go and watch racing and, and look at the level it's at and stick your nose under some of the cars, it things you learn that you can't learn here in a long time. So it's very beneficial for us to go over there and, and or get with it, to be honest with you. Have your boys raced in the States yet? No, I want them to. I'd love to uh, get... Maddie's probably the one that could do it. David, with his circumstances, family and and uh, business commitments, would be difficult. I think Maddie would be uh, open to that. Um, and I'd love to get him to do a few laps around Oakshade or or um, Donnie's track just to uh, experience. He did a few laps around Oakshade, David and, and Matty years ago, a Kai Harper's car, hmm. and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. But, yeah, we'd love to get one of the boys over there for probably a month or two. I think that'd be fun. We'd like to see that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. You mentioned your uh, your T-shirts, I believe. Yeah. I found your... Yeah. Uh, Facebook page yeah, here. Got that up. Yeah, that's good. 60 years of speed. It's got a lot of the old cars in there. And, and then uh, it's on Nylander Motorsport. Probably all the details will be there. Gotcha. You've still got my address. So uh, if one of those shirts showed up, I'd be pretty pleased. Size large. Most <laughs> is a bit of a problem, Ron. <laughs> Could take six months to get there. We might organize one of those. Do you want a hoodie or a, t- a T-shirt? Just a T-shirt. I'll take the hoodie. You know, if, you know, okay, we'll, shipping we'll see what we can do what for size? you guys. <laughs> what size, Scott? Uh, I'm a large as well. Extra large? Just large. <laughs> there you go. There's the uh, NylanderMotorsport.com, and that's where you can order the uh, shirts from. That's the one. There's some of our sponsors you just looked at there, but uh, tremendous show over here. We're so proud of late models. It's just been great to where we where we've ended up. It's just fantastic. Any uh, anyone uh, you want to give a shout out to before you let you go here? Um, well, so many people. I wouldn't like to to start, but <laughs> um, we've uh, we've had so many good people over the years that have helped us. Uh, I don't think I'd, I'd start now mentioning any anybody, but one of the things I have enjoyed is having our American friends over <coughs> in respect to uh, <coughs> just having a good time and uh, being great, great people. Uh, you know, there's been no assholes that come over and uh, they've been really, really hospitable and great ambassador, ambassadors for, for American sport. We've, we've got a bunch of sponsors. We've got Holdfast, we've got Alls, we've got Castrol, 
I'm just reading it off here. <laughs> Royalty Lane, uh, CTM Recruitment, uh, Oldfield Settlements, Racing. Um, oh, look, we've, there's land surveys. There's some of our, our sponsors that help help the program. And they're getting very good value out of uh, social media. That's why we push it very hard. And uh, a program like this, they'd appreciate it. They, they'll watch it and get a lot of value for their business out of it. And that's what it's all about. They don't get any value. They're not going to be back next year. That's right. Yep. It's a win-win. Kept our sponsors uh, and grown our sponsors over the, the last four years. So they must be pretty happy with what we're doing. And that's a cool thing about race fans is they're pretty uh, loyal. Brand loyal. Yes. Absolutely. So We wouldn't yeah, have this show if it wasn't for sponsors. In fact, our, our major sponsor, Holdfast, he gets better value out of us than a sponsorship for the football team that he, a major football team that he, he sponsors. So he's very on board. He, he gets a, a lot of value out of it. That was football down there. Is that is that like soccer here, or is it? You know, it's Aussie like rules football. You, you rugby. Need, Aussie rules, yeah. you, you need to uh, you need to do a Google search. I'm going to have that. to. Yeah, yeah. So it's different than anything I would. Yes, sir. Okay, never mind. It's huge over here. You can't get a word in. It's football, football, football. It's, um, it's uh, pretty depressing, really, because you've got no way of getting on, onto the news or getting any coverage from motorsport in general. I'm talking about road racing as well as dirt track. Uh, it's non-existent. There's such a bias towards uh, football and um, you can't seem to break uh, that mould. So we've went to social media to give our sponsors some value and it's working very well. I think that's where it's at. It- a lot of uh, uh, streaming networks have popped up here in the States uh, for, for covering local races. Yeah, in fact, I uh, we had an interview with one of the TV presenters <coughs> recently. Uh, we happened to get a little bit of a spot on the TV news. And uh, I mentioned that to the reporter. I said, I think it's diabolical that motorsport doesn't get any coverage. And uh, he agreed. Uh, but he said, you can't break the culture at the top. And I said, I believe mainstream newspapers and TVs are in a bit of trouble unless they pick their socks up because social media is jumping forward at a great speed. And he actually agreed with that. Nice. I agree with it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been an honor and uh, we appreciate the time and we appreciate you getting up early in the morning down there tomorrow morning already. In, in always up early, so that that ain't a problem. But it's been a, an honour to uh, talk to Scott and Ron, and uh, hope he keeps racing for a few more years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty sure. I come and see. Him. Pretty sure that'll happen. AJ, you got uh, you got some racing plans for this weekend with the kids? <laughs> no, not this weekend. Okay. Um, our next meeting will be at Albany, a two-day show. Uh, that's four hundred k south of. That's right. Perth. That's a huge two-day show. Brings a big crowd. Everywhere the late models go in regional areas, we we bring the crowd. They absolutely love us, and it's a it's a real gutsy little track. It's always prepared well. Uh, good prize money for two 
two nights. Um, it's a, a key mark, key event for us and Kalgoorlie is too. Uh, they're regional tracks and we really look forward to running there. What uh, are, are the track sizes in Australia? Are they comparable to uh, yeah. here? Yeah, they Most really of them are. are like three-eighths of a mile, maybe a half mile. Yeah, pretty much. We don't okay. have any half mile, but they're Small. probably three-eighths. Quinana is about the biggest track, isn't it? Yeah, by a mile. Yeah, it's quite big. The others are a little smaller, but Al- Albany Racetrack is a ballsy little track. It's just hammered out. And it's enormously good to watch. It's just fantastic. The late models run around there at enormous speed and spectacle. Kalgoorlie is the same. That's that's a gold mining area up there. Got a lot of money up there, and they're paying good money for us to go there. So we'll be there probably a couple of weeks after Easter. Um, great show, great crowd, and they really appreciate the late models when they run there. They just so appreciative of the cars going up there and the spectacle we put on. And one of the sponsors at Kalgoorlie uh, said to me he'd never seen a race car run around that track as fast as a late model. And he says, I'll be there next year with more more money for sponsorship. So that's the sort of reception we get yeah. at those tracks. I got one, one last question for you before we let you go here. If uh, when, next time you come to the States... Uh, if someone lets you uh, borrow a uh, late model, would you get in a late model and have a match race with uh, the professor, Ron Miller, here? Uh, I'd have to think about that. Heather. He'd probably blow me into the weights. <laughs> yeah, did, did I hear Heather chuckling in the background? Yeah, she's laughing. She's, uh, <laughs> she's a bit younger than I am. I've got a young wife who keeps me pretty active. She's 10 years younger than me. She's been a great support for the team. She's just gorgeous. Gorgeous woman. <laughs> she did let me race, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll try and make yeah, that happen. As long as I've got the best car, it's got to be a better car than Ron's. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Stacking the deck already, Alan. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Saying nothing. That'd be good fun. Yeah, I'd have a crack. Yeah. yeah. All right, AJ. We appreciate it, and uh, you take care of yourself down there, and, and thanks for uh, – we saw the, the kangaroo earlier before yeah. we came on. That was pretty cool. Right out the yeah, window. Yeah, kangaroo's gone now. Oh. Yeah. We usually get up to four kangaroos. They they eat the oats we put out there. It's absolutely beautiful. The birds come down. We've got a rural property about uh, 40 k's from Perth, but it's it's just beautiful. Yeah, good. That's awesome. I've got to get to Australia sometime. I'm jealous you of you guys. You guys You're most there. welcome. You, we've got a bed for you, Scott. I appreciate it. I, I just don't want to get beat up by a uh, a kangaroo. I've seen the, no, the they, fights with them. Don't listen to what they, they tell you about them. The only <laughs> problem with the males in mating season, they might have a crack at you, but I haven't seen it. I'm yeah. going to have nightmares now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, Heather, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight, and, and it's been a great show. Thank you. Yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Always good to chat with you guys. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you for that. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. There you go. AJ Nylander, live from Australia. And his lovely wife, Heather. And his lovely lovely wife, Heather, yes. Yeah. Say that ten times fast. Uh, Coming up, we have how many? Your chance to win a Big D's Pizza. We'll have uh, announce our winner from last week as well. 
Actually, we're going to have to spin the Big D's pizza wheel for that. Really? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Because everybody won. Not everybody. Some people pick different numbers for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, we'll talk more about that. First, your racing roundup. Uh, Attica Raceway Park was supposed to be in action last week. And, uh, yeah. They weren't. They, they weren't. Uh, they were also supposed to be in action uh, this week. Breaking news. They uh, canceled this weekend as well. Earlier today, they announced that. So Right. So they're going to try again uh, on April 1st, and we'll talk more about that. And if you missed it last week, the uh, spring cavalcade at Sandusky. Freddie Bender deal, yeah. Yep. It's been uh, canceled. That was supposed to be the 9th and 10th, I believe. April, right. Of April, yeah. Um, But we will tell you what racing is coming up here in in just a little bit. Uh, The World of Outlaws, NAS Energy Drink Sprint Cars were... Uh, in California, actually, they still are in California. On uh, Friday night, I renamed Merced Speedway to or Merced, Merced. Speedway to Merced Speedway. Merced. So we're going with Merced now. No, we're. <laughs> I'm going to rename Carson Macedo then. Carson Makedo. Makedo. Yeah. I, I don't know how yeah. to rename. Carson Macedo won Friday night at. Merced Speedway in California. Thank you. Uh, Ocean Speedway uh, was supposed to be Saturday night. That was rained out. So even California gets some bad weather sometimes. Next up for the World of Outlaws, uh, tomorrow night they're going to be at Bakersfield Speedway. And uh, Saturday is going to be Paris Auto Speedway. And then Tuesday they're going to move out of California and head east. Uh, or we- Yeah, east a little east. bit. to. Uh, if you it's hard west, to go west in the water. California, yeah. Uh, they'll be at Vado Speedway on Tuesday, the 29th, in New Mexico. So, three races coming up for the World of Outlaws. Luke Soil Late Model Dirt Series uh, was canceled due to rain on uh, Saturday at Brownstown. Atomic was moved from Friday to Sunday. They did actually run Sunday at Atomic, and uh, they wrapped things up pretty early. I saw that the time was posted was like 8.23 p.m. They they were done with the feature. Wow. And uh, Jimmy Owens picking up the win there. Next up for the Lucas Oil Series is uh, going to be Friday the 8th of April at Tyler County Speedway in West Virginia for the Hillbilly 100. Then Saturday it's to Hagerstown Speedway in Maryland and Port Royal on Sunday the 10th. So a three- Three-day weekend there coming up in a couple weeks. A few weeks, actually. 9th, 10th, 9th, 8th, 9th, and 10th of April. NTT IndyCar Series was in action at Texas Motor Speedway. Joseph Newgarden uh, won the Expel 375. With close finish with uh, Scott McLaughlin. I guess it was a pretty exciting race. I didn't see any of that, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, next up for IndyCar is uh, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. That'll be on Sunday, April 10th. That'll be at 3 o'clock on NBC. NASCAR action. William Byron won the uh, Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. What did you think? Of, did you see any of that? I race? did. I didn't watch uh, the trucks or the uh, the Xfinity series, but I did I, watch I, the I Cup series. I watched a little bit of the Xfinity race. Was it, the were they race. similar? It's like speedway racing at the mile and a half. It was weird. Scott, I got to tell you, I'm still not a fan of the new cars. Their Gen 6 cars are, they've got some issues. What about uh, what about the track, though? What do you think about that? Maybe if they brought back last year's cars, 
Okay, um, how about uh, how about the Xfinity or the Truck Series? How was uh, the racing? For they that? were okay. The track for that, you know, the the Cup cars set a new record for cautions, uh, a new record for lead lead changes because they had so many cautions. Uh, I thought the racing wasn't too bad. It, it wasn't, but I people don't like pack racing. I like pack racing. It's it's more exciting for me to watch. Racers don't like it, but well, I mean, they're too wide a lot of the yeah. time. And, it's and better than every, watching single file racing. Well, and they did that too. But yeah. okay. Uh, next up for the Cup Series will be the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix at Circuit of the Americas. That's going to be Sunday at three thirty on Fox. So they're moving to the road course. Uh, probably not going to be a lot of pack racing at that track. Although that would be something to see. Oh yeah. <laughs> Too wide going into a hairpin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the Xfinity Series uh, was won by Ty Gibbs. He's really making a name for himself. How, he, not gonna, he, how he, much longer till he's in Cup? He ran well in in the Cup race. Was he in the Cup race? I thought he was. I know he's in the Cup race, but yeah. how long till he gets a regular ride in yeah. Cup? Because he's been winning everything he's been in. Uh, he won the Anali Cars 250 on Saturday for the Xfinity Series. Uh, next up for them is the Pit Boss 250. They're also going to be at uh, Circuit of the Americas. That'll be Saturday, 4.30 on Fox Sports 1. And Corey Heim was the winner on Friday night for the FR8, otherwise known as Freight, uh, 208 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And uh, next up for the trucks, they're also going to be at Circuit of the Americas. They're going to be doubleheader on Saturday. As a matter of fact, 1 o'clock on FS1. So it'll be the trucks earlier in the afternoon and then uh, in the evening with the Xfinity series. That truck race could be could be fun to watch. Could be. Speaking of uh the truck race, I got some truck news that yes, if you if, do. If you haven't followed us uh if you don't follow our Facebook page, you probably should. There's uh, some breaking news. You almost need to, folks. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. I saw that and I was like, "No way, that's awesome." Um I wonder if we could get that guy back on We again. probably could. Uh, Got to thank Big D's Pizza, Subs, Ribs, Chicken, and more out of Clyde, Ohio. Give them a call, 419-547-1444. Order right now at orderbigdspizza.com. Uh, check out the new steak nuggets, breaded pieces of uh, deep-fried steak with your choice of dipping sauce. Ooh. Uh, also, don't forget to contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing photo needs. He's going to be out at the track uh, a little over a month. Yeah. Him a weekly basis out at Oakshade, and he bounces around other tracks as well. He's got all his pictures with him most of the time. Uh, he's got pictures not just from Oakshade, but from from other tracks and old photos, classic photos. Um, check out some of their stuff. Uh, you can visit Freeze Frame Photos online. Search that on Facebook. Find them there. Or give uh, Charlie a call, 419-476-9978. And uh, you can uh, set they up. They do a- special events, too. It's, it's not yeah. just racing. Yeah, they probably do wedding pictures. I'm sure they do. Yeah, there you go. Freeze frame photos, special moments frozen in time. Ron Miller Race Cars out of Lamberville, Michigan. Give Ron a call, 734-856-7223. That's 856-RACE. Race cars, parts, safety equipment, service, everything a racer needs. Drive shafts. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Um, Carter Murday. Took home uh, $2,000 on Saturday night as the winner of Rusty Schlenk's Future of the Sport program at the Chris Howard Memorial uh, Dinner and Auction. Jaden Blycamp, Riley Conley, Oliver Osborne. We've had, he's yep. been a winner before. We've had him on. Uh, Carter Crawford, Brooks, and Laney White. 
uh, each took home almost a uh, thousand. I thought it was a thousand dollars. Basically, these guys, these kids are making more money than I am in sponsorships yeah. just by winning this uh, future of the sport deal. So Rusty Schlenk uh, definitely dealing out a lot of a lot of money there and yeah. investing in the future of the sport. Uh, Rome Brothers racing uh, truck hauler tried exiting the infield through uh, one of the car tunnels at Atlanta this weekend. Came up short. Yeah, had the top of the hauler damaged. No one was injured. I th- didn't that happen last year? Actually, they didn't come up short. They left short. Yeah, you know, they weren't short enough. Was the problem? They were trying to go out the car entrance or exit. As opposed yeah, to the and it was about hauler. three feet too short. Yeah, knocked the uh, air conditioner off of uh, their hauler. Oops. Sorry about that. Um, David O'Dell, Jackman for Christopher Bell, was injured during a pit stop after he was hit by Bell's car. Um, after hesitating to jump into the pits because Daniel Suarez was coming in right in front of him, who was pinned just in front of Bell. Uh, O'Dell completed the pit stop and then went to the medical center there at Atlanta and received stitches, set out the remainder of the race. He is expected to uh, be back in the pits this weekend. I think it was Kyle Bush's jack man that filled in for him after Bush was uh, unfortunately out of the race. I read who filled in, but I don't remember. You might be right, though. We'll go with that. Um, Goodyear is investigating the right rear tire failures suffered in the cup race at Atlanta this past weekend. On three separate occasions, uh, the leader of Sunday's race suffered a flat right rear tire. It was kind of weird, wasn't it? Now, amazingly, none of the Hendrick. Chevrolet's had that problem, so I've got a hunch that... You think it was a setup kind of thing? Yeah. Um, they now can adjust camber on the oh, right rear because it's an independent rear suspension, and uh, I, I have a hunch that they were a little aggressive on their camber settings on the right rear. A little too aggressive. Apparently. I think that's what Goodyear's going to find, but you didn't hear it here. That's why he's the professor. Tragedy, tragedy occurred at uh, Winchester Speedway's uh, season opener, Winchester in Virginia, not the right. uh, paved one. This is a dirt track. Uh, this past weekend, James Richard Billmeyer of Baker, uh, West Virginia, was killed in a crash. Frederick County Sheriff's Office described the crash as a freak accident and that all the required safety equipment had been used, but due to the force of the accident and rollover, the driver did not survive. Bill Meyer was uh, competing in the U-car class, which stands for You Can Afford Racing, front-wheel drive, four-cylinder class. Right. Now, sad news there. Uh, you mentioned this uh, earlier, and we mentioned this a little bit last week, the Freddie Bender Spring Icebreaker Cavalcade that was set for April 9th and 10th at Sandusky Speedway has been canceled. Uh, the uh, facility, every area of the facility is saturated and is already very muddy with more rain expected. And it's going to be more muddier. Yeah. There's also an electrical issue with the scoring system, and the components needed are uh, expected within the next four to six weeks. So that's that's a little bit of an issue since that's only like two weeks away. Uh, there is a possibility that the UMP late models, Oakshade, Superstocks, and Fremont Speedway dirt trucks uh, could be added to the Bev J. Cox Memorial Cavalcade in October. Um, in other news here, the Pure Stock uh, Division will now become the North Coast Stock Series. The Beginner Stock Division um, will no longer have an age restriction. To compete in the beginner, beginner stocks, you cannot have any racing experience. No, this, this is Sandusky, Sandusky Speedway. Speedway. Okay. 
So, and we'll talk to Chris uh, two weeks from tonight, uh, Chris Mize from Sandusky Speedway, and get some more uh, information on that. Their opener now, I believe, is like toward the end of April. Sure. So, uh, nearly half a century after uh, Bill France Sr. took uh, stock cars to the prestigious 24 Hours of Le Mans, NASCAR and Hendrick Motorsports have announced their intentions to compete in the 2023 twice-around-the-clock endurance event at uh, the special uh, Garage 56 entry. The uh, entry will be a modified version of the next-gen Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 race car and is a collaboration among NASCAR, Hendrick Motorsports, Chevrolet, IMSA, and Goodyear. Bill France first... Yeah, we're skipping all that. Is that going to be like at the Rolex race or... 24 Hours of Le Mans. Uh, Garage okay. 56 was introduced in uh, 2012 as a special single-entry class reserved for innovative cars. It allows for testing of new technologies and fosters creativity and innovation without taking away the spot of a car from the traditional starting grid. Uh, among the past uh, Garage 56 entries were the innovative Delta Wing race car. Okay. So it's like a separate class kind of thing yeah. for... So, no, it... Twenty four hours Le Mans. All right. Not uh yeah. Justin Grant and Chase Stockton and their uh, non-wing sprint car teams have each been suspended from the next two extreme outlaw sprint series events for uh, tire vi- violations that occurred during the February 14th and 15th events at Volusia Speedway Park. One tire was sampled from each team with uh, the sample being sent to an independent lab. Samples confirmed that both tires in question had been chemically altered. Grant's team has been assessed an additional penalty of, and I don't know how they get this exact dollar amount, but it's $4,620, which includes, uh, well, I guess it explains how it they come up with it. It includes the uh, $2,500 in purse money, a $2,000 fine, and a $120 tire analysis fee. Um, Stockton's team was assessed a monetary penalty of 3920 More fine. Yeah. That's how, they, that's how we get been, more money. Must have been more illegal. Uh, Buddy Kofoid. Yay. Talked about this a little bit ago. He's gonna, expected to run uh, the NASCAR Truck Series event at Bristol on the dirts uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports in the number 51 truck. That's a... Who I believe Corey Heim was driving on yeah, uh, Friday. So that's a winning truck. That's definitely a good ride. That'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to that. I am. That'll be a must-see event. That's, uh, when is that race? A couple weeks? Yeah. Uh, dry, bleh, excuse me. Uh, before the uh, Superstar Racing Experience race at Nashville Fairground Speedway on July 9th, fans will get a chance to vote. Uh, one of their favorite late model drivers into the seat of an SRX machine to compete against some of the best in motorsports. Fans will get a chance to choose one of six talented late model drivers to uh, enter the SRX event. All six drivers have a history at Nashville Fairground Speedway and are some of the best that the sport has to offer. Voting will start on April 3rd and run through May 6th. The winner will be announced at the Arkham Menards East Race at Nashville Fairground Speedway on May 7th. It doesn't say who those six drivers are, though, at least not yet. I'm guessing when the voting starts to yeah. announce who they are. Uh, the Dry, dry Dean dry Extreme Dirt Car Series late model race, uh, originally scheduled for tonight at Lakeview Speedway, has been canceled due to weather. The series is still scheduled to wrap up uh, this weekend, tomorrow and Saturday. That'd be Friday and Saturday at Cherokee Speedway, uh, along with the World of Outlaw. 
late model series. It'll definitely be warmer there than here. You think so? Uh, Keselowski's uh, number six team was found to have made modifications to parts supplied from a NASCAR vendor. Uh, NASCAR stated before the season that any modifications to supplied parts on the next-gen cars would result in severe penalties. This L2-level penalty will leave Keselowski, Roush, uh, Fenway, Keselowski, docked 100 driver and owner points, as well as 10 playoff bonus points. Crew chief... Matt McCall has been fined one hundred thousand dollars, ouch, and suspended for the next four uh, points-paying races. I hope he gets paid a lot. Wow! Does the team pay for that? Does the crew chief actually? Does that come out of his pocket? I don't know. My pockets aren't that deep. Uh, the Ooh. open wheel. <laughs> yeah. The uh, let that one sink in. Open wheel opening day uh, USAC midget special event. And 500 Sprint Car Tour doubleheader scheduled on Saturday, March 26th. That's this Saturday at Brownsburg, uh, Indiana's Lucas Oil, Indianapolis Raceway Park has been postponed to uh, Monday night, August 1st, due to uh, the crappy weather in the Midwest. That's a long postponement. Yeah. The new date immediately follows the uh, NASCAR IndyCar weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, that's it for uh, this week's news. Last week's how many was how many uh, 305s were going to be at Attica on Friday night. And we had uh, already mentioned that Attica had already canceled, so there was going to be zero. And we told people to guess zero, and still people uh, did not uh, guess zero. We don't know for sure how <laughs> many people didn't get the message yeah. and, and might have shown up anyway. But uh, we did get some uh, people that did enter the uh, correct amount so we're going to spin the big d's pizza wheel as soon as we pull that up here because uh, we had uh, a few names here and we'll determine who's going to win a big d's pizza there we go as soon as we get it to stay on screen here we go we're spinning who's it going to be wheel of names is going around it looks like it's going to be john deere there you go. Congratulations, John Deere. You have 30 days to claim your za from Big D's Pizza, large pizza. So 30 days from tonight. So approximately uh, the 24th of April. End of April. Yeah. So get to Big D's, claim your pizza, and there you go. Congratulations. So uh, this week's how many was going to be how many 305s are going to be at Attica on Friday night. What? But that's going to be zero again. So, and we can't do that twice. No, we're not going to. Oh, good. So I, I came up with a non-racing. Thing. Really? Yeah, we're going to do some hockey this weekend. Hey, tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. Are you Canadian all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week's how many is going to be? And see, I even hand wrote it because oh. it was such a late edition. See, there's some handwriting somewhere on there. There it is. Uh, yeah. It's hard to read. Yeah. Uh, how many goals will the walleye score, the Toledo walleye, in their game tomorrow night, Friday night? That'd be the 25th of March. You have until 7 o'clock Friday night to guess. Uh, all you have to do is uh, put your guess in the comments of our Facebook Live or our YouTube Live. And uh, 
And John Deere's asking if uh, Big D's delivers. Yes, they do deliver if you're close to Clyde. But anyways, uh, to uh, get in on the uh, how many how many uh, goals will the walleye score, just put your guess, just put a number in the comments of our Facebook Live or YouTube Live up until 7 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow night. Who are they playing? Allen. The Allen, whatever the Allen team is, I forget. I looked it up, and Allen, I can't remember now. Allen, they're playing Allen. So there you go, at the Huntington Center. It is a home game, so I don't know if that makes a difference. Four seems to be a pretty uh, consistent guess for the goals. Ron, would you like to take a shot first? Do I need to? No, you don't. Oh, okay. I'm going with five. Are you? Yeah, I'm thinking thinking they're going to bring their A game. They are going to make the playoffs, so and I was going to say three, but since you say five, I'm going with four. Of course you are, Scott. Because if they score four, then we would be tied, and we can't have that. That would be some craziness. Uh, so, again, get your uh, guess in. Allen Americans. Thank you, Brian. That's who uh, they're playing. Okay. I knew it was an A. A, 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 A. Uh, this weekend's Big D's Pizza racing menu tomorrow night was going to be the uh, rescheduled Attica Raceway Park opener. Uh, but the underground utilities and construction equipment and supply night has been canceled, plus the uh, rain date on Saturday. So they're totally right. wiping out this weekend's action because it's just going to be cold and it's supposed to snow on Saturday. It's going to be crappy. Yeah. Nobody wants to go on that. So this is now not, not fooling. No April Fools, but April 1st. That's going to be uh, hopefully the Attica opener now. It's going to be the Craig Miller trucking night with 410 sprints. Uh, UMP late models, 305 sprints, uh, gates open at five racing at 745. Uh, again, that's a week from tomorrow. And and April 2nd is not the rain date. Correct. April 2nd is not because there's some action going on at Waynesfield Motorsports Park. Uh, 410 wing sprints, NRA 360 sprints, USAC Thunder Midgets, and the uh, recently added UMP Modifieds will be in action. And... Speaking of which, uh, next week on the show, we're going to be talking to Shane Helms. I talked to him uh, earlier today, made sure he's available. Now, the USAC Thunder Midgets, is there a chance that Buddy Kofoid will be there? I suppose there's a chance for anything, So, but yeah, I don't see why not. I I haven't heard anything in saying that, yes, he's going to be there, but I also haven't heard anything that said, no, he's not. that, That would be a huge draw in this area. Yeah, well, any racing in this area to get going would be a huge draw. So, uh, again, that's Saturday, April 2nd. And, uh, again, next Thursday on the show, Shane Helms, uh, the promoter of uh, Waynesfield, will join us to talk about the uh, shows he's got scheduled at Waynesfield this year. It's a driver's favorite from a lot of the drivers we talk to. Everybody seems to like it. Yeah. Uh, and then two weeks from tonight, Chris, this is for you. Two weeks from tonight, Chris Mize from Sandusky Speedway will join us. That will be, I think it's April 7th. That could be a long show. Could be, yeah. yeah this one turned into a, a pretty long show. A.J. Nylander, uh, uh, definitely interesting yeah. guy to talk to. I, yeah, I, I told that. you it would be a good show. Yeah, yeah, he's easy to easy to interview. I like uh, interviewees that uh, don't just give the, yeah, yep. no, Eh, I don't know. Those kind of suck, but that was yeah. my very first radio show. <laughs> uh, thanks to associate producer Dave Kemmer, con- contributors uh, Matt Swander, 
John Young, Doug Doc, and Bob Stazek. Again next week, 7 o'clock, Thursday night, March 31st, right? Yeah. Last day. Yeah. Last day of March. uh, Shane Helms will be on. We'll be doing the uh, Waynesfield preview. And uh, yeah, we'll be back at you live, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Make sure to uh, follow us on Facebook or uh, like us on Facebook. You can follow and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Hammer Report. Uh, follow us on YouTube. You can also listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Check out HammerDownRacingReport.com. Uh, join our Hammer Down Army for exclusive deals. Haven't sent any out yet, but got to talk to our oh, sponsors, wait. see if we there, can get there some. There will be some really cool ones. Yeah, maybe Ron Miller will have a special coupon or something in there. But you can only get on that if you go to HammerDownRacingReport.com. And don't forget to... Uh, Rate and review us, too. I guess that helps us. That's what I've read about podcast of you. Right. Give we ratings. Need to, we need to be rated. <laughs> X-rated. Rated NC-17. Thanks again to our sponsors, Oakshade Raceway, Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, Freeze Frame Frodo's. Dominator Race, but my coffee's wearing off. Uh, Dominator Race Products, Headhunters, Barber Studio, and Salon. We appreciate it. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Hammerdown Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.